The Lord be with you. Sometimes it can be really frustrating to talk to Jesus. Let me explain what I mean by that. So the first question that Jesus is asked in John's Gospel is, where are you staying? And Jesus' answer is, come and see. Come and see. And today, in John chapter 11, we get to see how Jesus does. We get to see Jesus see the world through God's eyes. We get to see what it means to see when you are not only the creator of the universe, but are the one for whom a thousand years are like a single day. We get to see what it is to see the world through the eyes of someone for whom past, present, and future are all the same in a moment. We get to see what it means for Jesus to see the world. And we see that the way Jesus sees means that Jesus doesn't fear danger. Because you see, Jesus... He knows how he's going to die, right? He knows he's going to get crucified. And so when he hears that his friend Lazarus down in Judea is sick, he says to his disciples, well, let's go down there and visit him. And his disciples say, wait a minute. We were just down there, and the people there were trying to stone you to death. says in our translation, the Jews were trying to stone you, but I want to be clear about what that means, because John's Gospel uses the term Jews a little differently than we use the term Jews today. So today we tend to use Jews to refer to a religion, or maybe even an ethnicity, but in the first century, Jews were also used to refer to people from a region of Israel called Judea, in the same way that today we use Yankee in a couple different ways, right? We can talk about the Yankees, and we might mean a baseball team in New York, but If someone from the south says they're going to go traveling up north and they're worried about getting in fights with Yankees, they're not worried about fist-fighting baseball players, right? It's a term for a region of people who live in a certain part of our country. And the same thing is true with the term Jews. It refers to the people of Judea. Most of Jesus' disciples are from the north in Galilee. They say, why are you going back there, Jesus? The people in that region, they want to stone you. But Jesus has seen the future. He knows how he's going to die. It's going to be on a cross, not by a stone. And so he's not afraid of danger. And because Jesus can see through God's eyes, Jesus takes his time. When Jesus hears that his friend Lazarus is sick, even though Jesus loves Lazarus, even though Jesus knows that Lazarus is gravely ill, Jesus hangs out two more days where he is before going to see Lazarus. Jesus knows that Lazarus will die. But he also knows that he can raise Lazarus from the dead. He has seen that future. And so what's a couple extra days? After all, if Lazarus dies, it gives Jesus the opportunity to show people he can raise the dead. And so, because he can see through God's eyes, Jesus takes his time. And because Jesus can see through God's eyes, Jesus doesn't grieve death. Jesus, when he gets down to Bethany and he meets Lazarus' sisters, Mary and Martha, they say to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. And he says, well, he'll rise again. You'll get to see him. And they say, yeah, on the last day, 
But what about right now? And, and Jesus, for whom past and present and future are all one, says, what are you talking about? I am the resurrection present tense. There's no last day about it. Lazarus is alive right now in me. I can see him alive, can't you? And the answer is no, they can't. Mary and Martha grieve, but Jesus doesn't grieve death because he sees through God's eyes. When Jesus invites his disciples to come and see, he invites Thomas, he invites Mary, he invites Martha, he invites all of us to come and see, to come and see him transform water into wine, to see him multiply loaves and fishes, to see him heal the sick and give sight to the blind. Jesus invites us to come and see, and the disciples do. Mary and Martha and Thomas, they go, but they can't see. They can't see as Jesus does. They can't see with God's eyes. And so when they start talking to Jesus, they get frustrated. When Jesus isn't afraid of death and says, let's go back to Judea where they're all trying to stone me, Thomas, exasperated, says, well, we might as, go, might as well go and die with him. When Jesus says, why are you all worrying? We'll just wait a couple extra days. We'll take our time. It won't matter in God's time. Well, Martha, she gets exasperated. She gets so exasperated, what she does is she just walks away from Jesus and tells her sister, why don't you talk to him? When, when Jesus tells them, all will be well in the resurrection, that is now in me that I can see, Martha can't. And so she says, Lord, if you had been here, he would not have died. When our loved ones die, the truth is it doesn't matter. Sometimes the Bible verses we've memorized or theology we've learned or the hymns that we sing, when our loved ones die, we find ourselves asking, why God? Why did you let my loved one go into danger? Why did you wait so long to heal them? Why do I have to wait to see them face to face again in the resurrection that is to come? Why can't it be now? Jesus says, come and see, and invites us to see life, but sometimes all we can see is death. All we can see is our loved one, our loved one's body wrapped in the grave clothes of our memories, tucked away in the back of a cave along with our hope for a life of them and covered over with a stone to hide our grief and our pain so that we can smile when Jesus says, come and see the life that I have, because we can't see as Jesus does. All we can see is death. And so, God, realizing that we can't see with God's eyes, asks to see with our eyes. Jesus, when he sees that Mary and Martha, these two women of incredible faith, women who believe in the resurrection, women who believe in him, who will call him the Messiah, the Son of God, when even they cannot see death as God does, Jesus flips the script. Jesus flips the script because it started off by us asking Jesus, where are you staying? And Jesus answers, come and see. 
But now, at Lazarus' tomb, Jesus will ask Mary and Martha, where have you laid him? And the humans will say to Jesus, come and see. God invited us to come and see life, but now humans invite God to come and see death. But the tricky thing is, as soon as Jesus asks to come and see death with human eyes, he realizes that we don't actually want to see death. It's as true now as it was back then in our day and age. An open casket funeral is a rare thing, right? We have ashes. We put them in urns. We put up a picture of them alive. We don't want to see that body anymore. We don't want to see death. When we talk to people who are grieving, I notice there is often a hole in the conversation as we try to talk with those who are bereaved about anything other than the one thing that is on their minds because we don't want to hear death. And when at last we have to acknowledge that someone's died, we tend to use euphemisms, right? They passed away. They transitioned. They were lost in the park. We don't want to speak death. I do this. Heck, even Jesus tries to do this. He says to his disciples, Lazarus is just sleeping. And the disciples take what is true from a divine perspective and try to make it true from their human reality. And they say, if he's just sleeping, Jesus, don't worry about him. He'll be fine. And so Jesus has to tell him straight up, no, Lazarus is dead. Let's name this death. And then Jesus says, show me where you have laid him. And they say, come and see. But the place where that they have laid him is wrapped in grave clothes and linens. It's tucked in the very back end of a cave. It's covered over, covered over with a big stone. So even though Jesus had said, show me where you have laid him, he still cannot see Lazarus because we as humans have put Lazarus where we cannot see him. And so Jesus says, roll away the stone. Roll away the stone. But Martha says, you know, he's been dead four days already. There is a stench. You think the one who created smell in the first place is going to be bothered by it? No. But you see, that stone is there because that stone... It creates a barrier. It creates a barrier between our grief, which is inside that tomb, and all the people on the other side that we want to put on a happy face for. That stone exists to cover up our emotions and our grief. Because if we don't want to invite people over to our house when our house is messy, what do you think the odds are we want to invite people into our heart when our heart is messy and grief is messy? Grief is so messy. And so we put a stone, a, a slab of granite over it so that we don't have to see that grief. We don't have to see our tears and our cries and our sleepless nights. But Jesus says to Martha, you don't get to see the glory of God unless first you see your own grief. You don't get to see resurrection unless you first see death. So roll away the stone. 
It's an invitation. Roll away the stone. It's an invitation. Come and see. Come and see, Martha. Come and see death. Not just with God's eyes. Come and see death with your own eyes. Come and see your grief. Come and see that God will share it with you. Because when Jesus sees the tomb, when Jesus sees death, as humans do, Jesus weeps. The creator of the universe, the one who is the life and the resurrection, the one who knows the happy ending for every human story in that moment when he sees death as humans do, Jesus weeps. Jesus is our rock. But like the rock in the wilderness which Moses strikes within the rock that is Jesus is a spring of life that bursts forth watering his face with tears. Every single tear is a promise from the waters of baptism, a promise that we are loved, that we are God, gods, that death cannot take those gifts from us. God has built our bodies so that when all we can see is death, our eyes pour forth the promise of life. Jesus says, roll away the stone so that you can see your own grief, so that you can know that even though there is death, you are still alive because your love is proof that your love continues for this person after death. Come and see as God does. Come and see as you do. But even having rolled away the stone, Jesus still can't see Lazarus in the tomb because Lazarus is tucked way back in the end of a cave, which is where so often we put our loved ones when they have died. Because it's a painful thing to remember our loved ones who have died. And so we say, you know what? Better not just to think about them. Better to tuck them away in the recesses of our mind, in the shadows, and the darkness, and there, their death won't hurt us. But Jesus knows that we can't see resurrection until we see death. And so Jesus says in a loud voice for all to hear, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come out. Not because God can't see Lazarus in that tomb, but because we can't. It is an invitation for us to come and see our loved ones who have died. To recognize that they are still there with us in Christ. I have so many people who come to me and say, Pastor, I loved this person. They died a few months ago. I find myself talking to them. Is that wrong? You know what Jesus does to Lazarus when he dies? Jesus talks to him. He says, come out. And you know what? Lazarus listens. He hears him because our voice of love can cross even the grave. By all means, speak to your loved ones who have died. They can hear you. Lazarus can hear Jesus. We think that because someone has died, we have to tuck them away from our life. But no, the relationship we have with them still exists. They are alive in Christ. And so Jesus tells us, to cry out, Lazarus, come out. Come and see the relationship you had with this person is still there. 
Though they died, they are alive. And yet when Lazarus comes out, Jesus still can't see Lazarus. We still can't see Lazarus because Lazarus is covered in grave clothes and strips of linen which is what we so often do to our loved ones who have died. We mummify them. We preserve them exactly as they were in the moment of their death. We say, here is the image of them on my mantle. May they never change. But here's the truth. For something to be alive, it has to change. The only things that don't change are dead. Our relationship with our loved ones who have died it will change over time. In the beginning, it may feel like their death is our entire reality. It may feel like who they were in that moment is who they have to be forever. But as we grow, so will they. Our relationship with them will change and they can become not our entirety, but a a portion of our reality, a cornerstone in who we are but not the entirety of it. Jesus says, unbind him and let him go. That is our invitation as well, to unbind those whom have died, to let them go, to let them be alive, changing in our hearts as we change in theirs. They are all an invitation to come and see to come and see death so that we might see resurrection. Because God knows that we can't always see with God's eyes, and so God is willing to see with ours. And when God sees with ours, God sees that there is still resurrection even through human eyes. Because even with human eyes, when we are willing to stare into the grave, we will see that our love lives on even in our grief and our tears. When we are willing to look into the grave, we will see that our loved one lives on in the relationship we have with them in our hearts. When we are willing to look into the grave, we can see that our loved one lives on because they continue to grow and change with us throughout our life. Yes, there will come a day when we will see our loved ones face to face. But until that day, When we struggle to see with God's eyes, may we invite God to see with ours. May we say, come and see. May we roll away the stones of our grief and see God weep with us. May we call our dead ones to come out and see that their relationship is intact in Christ. May we unbind them and let them go to see that they can live and change and grow as we do. Because though they die, they are alive in Jesus. May we come and see. Amen.